Ernest, what's up? Y'all know I'm big on doing your research, sharing your research, and giving credit to where you found the research. But I always get asked the same question. Where do I start with the research? And the answer is easy. It's our sponsor, Yahoo Finance. Whether I'm tracking the daily movement of my favorite companies, doing technical analysis with their easy-to-use charting platform, or checking balance sheets, Yahoo Finance makes something very complex simplified. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or you're looking for extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. You could actually securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including your 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors. And it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. With a community of over 90 million users each month, their real strength is helping you on your way to financial success. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com. The number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com. You heard me, yahoofinance.com. Don't wait, don't hesitate. I use it. You should go over there and start using it now. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow. I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Earners, what's going on? Look, Meta Elevate supports Black and Latinx and Hispanic communities on their journey towards economic success by offering educational resources and support to help expand their skills in digital marketing and software engineering. And Ernest, we got something very, very special for y'all. That's right. Meta Elevate is teaming up with EYL University to provide all of our EYL University earners access to Meta's credential programs that prepare you for careers in marketing. Not a part of EYL University? It's okay. It's okay. As a part of the partnership, Meta Elevate is also going to support 10 subscriptions to EYL University for all our listeners. Here's what you got to do. Submit your email to meta at earnyourleisure.com. It's that simple. Submit an email to meta at earnyourleisure.com to enter. You can learn more about Meta Elevate's other scholarship opportunities at fb.me slash EYL. One of the biggest mistakes people make is you can't buy a building for 100000 in New York or L.A. So this person sent me the building. I bought it because I can't buy that at home. You need to understand that market before you just say it's a good deal because in LA, I can't do it. In New York, I can't do it. So, so many people have reached out to me after they bought a building in Cleveland for a hundred thousand on the street where it ain't no other property on the street except (laughs) that building. And then also not properly vetting the people that they want to do business with. They looking at social media and they looking at somebody's lifestyle. And I was, I tell people like somebody's lifestyle can't put food on the table for you and your kids. 
my graduates from my school being Forbes. Bag drop. Bag drop. <laughs> a mic drop. Bag drop. Bag drop. All right, guys. Welcome back. EYL. This is a very legendary episode before it starts. Yeah. Um, I'll get the background on it. So, Beyond Win, and that's your real government name, right? No. Oh, it's not your government name. It's not my government you name. You learn something new every day. I thought that was Just your when you think you know the person. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I was crazy. I knew, the, I knew him for like four years, and I always thought that. I'm like, that's a crazy name to have. All right. Well. We'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> but Beyond Win is what the world knows him as. And um, I'm not sure the first time I met you, but I, I do remember you was at the first event that we had in Atlanta. The first, like, paid event that we had in mm-hmm. Atlanta. It was a two-day event. It was a, it was a live podcast one day, and then it was another day after that Dave Shan spot. Yep. And I do remember you being there. But I think we had connected before that. We met at Matt's. First event in New yes, York. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Shout out to MG the Mortgage Guy. Yeah. That's how we met. So that was actually I met a lot of people there. I met Sabine. I met Miss Business. Uh, Business. Yeah. Um Yeah, I definitely I met you there as well. I met Jermaine Miller. So Jermaine. I met him and he's been somebody that we've developed a, a very close relationship with and he's one of these people that always just shows love. Like number one supporter when it comes to the merch. <laughs> I'm going to get you a lifetime package. Of, oh, of you already got the lifetime. Because every time I see him on the gram, he got the assets over liability shirt. Every cover, every all sweats. The, all the events that we have, he always comes to all the events. Fact. Uh, we were just talking about London. Yeah, we that went was, to your event. Remember, we came to Atlanta, and you had an event. At the rooftop. Up, at the rooftop. Yeah, yep. yeah that was yeah, a vibe. Yeah. Um, but even deeper than that, he's just consistently been adding value on real estate for a long time, mm-hmm. and specifically real estate in Cleveland. So he's teaches you like how to find properties how to renovate properties flip properties hold property like the whole thing and it's been very consistent for like a very long time on social media and he actually does these things where he takes people on tours yeah and like he'll take you around the neighborhood and show you like this is a house and, and this is a bad house to buy da, 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 and kind of give you like a real in-person experience yeah, fact, I, I it's like a, a friend of the show jacob Lattimore. Shout out to Jacob Lattimore. He's like, yo, I'm, I linked over Beyond. I got some houses. Yeah, a few yeah, people. I, like, I think yeah, a few people have to told me that. <laughs> um, so I say that to say everything happens in divine time. And right now, we haven't talked about real estate too much. Yeah. Because uh, shout out to MG, the mortgage guy. He got the show Ransom Gems. But we talk about it from time to time. And I feel like this is a great time to have the real estate conversation because um, interest rates are sky high right now. Um the stock market is down, crypto is down, but real estate hasn't hasn't really fallen yet. So a lot of people are kind of nervous. They're like, well, when is real estate going to fall? Um, it's a housing shortage in America. That's what they're saying. So rent prices are up, especially in our in our neighborhoods. Like rent is going crazy right now. No, ridiculous. New York City, ridiculous. it's just, it's wild. So real estate is now a hot topic again. Everything kind of works in cycles, like stocks and crypto kind of down right now but real estate is a hot topic so we're gonna have a real estate show and i hit abdullah and i'm like yo let's let's get beyond on he's like all right i'm gonna hit him and um that was like last week i'm not even sure if it was that it was like <laughs> <been> monday <laughs> so he hit me like yo i seen the schedule he's like i'm like oh we got him on he's like i'm like that fast he's like yeah he ready <laughs> i'm like all right let's do it so this is a long time coming 
And first and foremost, I want to thank you for your for your support yeah. and for showing us love for over probably three years now, since the beginning of, of Earn Your Leisure. Been a very, very um, loyal friend, loyal supporter. So thank you for that. Yeah, You're welcome. And, and, and thank you for inviting us to your day party. I never forget, <laughs> I got a text message like, we're going to a day party. I'm like, I bet. I'm coming with my trunks. You're like, nah, it's not that type of day party. It's a different one. So welcome to our day party. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me. If, if, for those not in the know, uh, the, Vian is a, a fitness, I, I'm going to call you a fitness guru because I watch your workouts and I take some things from you too. Oh yeah, so. he gets busy in the gym busy. We'll get into that though. So and he's a family you. man. He got his whole family with him. Shout out to the family. So. Y'all can clap it up for yourselves. They're in the building. Yeah. Live studio audience. Yeah. Oh yes. <laughs> they brought the family to the trap house. So, um, all right. So let's get into this. I want to talk about real estate, but before, I want to go back into the, you told me briefly one time at dinner how you actually got started in real estate. And it was, it's a very interesting story. Can you, tell, can you tell us how you got started in real estate? I can. First of all, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be sitting here in the trap house. I appreciate <laughs> it. Why are you calling this the trap house? Because it's, it's legendary it's, things happen here, more than trapping. Yeah, <laughs> it gives trap house vibes. It's in the, it's in the basement. <laughs> be, before I share how I started, I have to give a shout out to Jermaine Miller. Shout out to Jermaine. Love Jermaine that. Miller reached out to me a couple of years ago on social media, sent me a private message on Facebook saying that he wanted to connect with me offline, wanted to build a relationship, connect with me offline. That's how I actually wrote my first book because me and Jermaine started getting on the phone every Thursday just talking about how we can help each other, family, business, et cetera. And then one day he connected me with Matt. That's how I met Matt, uh-huh. MG, the mortgage guy. Yeah. And then that's how we connected at Matt first event so Jermaine Miller is a super special human being like he's just a special human being I think he sent me like 60 books within a you know like a two-month period he just said you know he started he connected with me online he's like God told me that you my brother I need to reach out to you he said I know that may sound weird but I'm just following what God told me so I appreciate you so how I got started in real estate as a teenager I used to work with my my grandfathers and uncles my grandfather had a construction company and they used to build houses i used to help them paint and do a little carpentry work i hated it but that was my first exposure and funny i never thought about that on my journey until i was on my federal sabbatical and federal sabbatical. <laughs> like can we coin that <laughs> i like that <laughs> so on my federal sabbatical you know you ain't got nowhere to go so you, you got time and i just started thinking reflecting back on my life i'm like this is how i actually got introduced to real estate this was my my first exposure to real estate was working with my grandfather and my uncles and i hated it so when i got in got into the streets you know i was looking for you know love and acceptance so i went to the streets gangs drugs etc and when i started to kind of get in tune paying attention to how i felt basically meaning that the activities that I was involved in never lined up with my heart and it wouldn't it wouldn't leave so it kept tugging at me mm-hmm. and so I decided to figure out something else and so that was the first thing that came to my mind because a, a friend of mine or one of my sponsors he was doing real estate and so he introduced me to real estate I, I got a mentor uh, and he walked me through a few projects that's how I got started so um, you're in Cleveland Ohio and that's a a hot market 
surprisingly i don't think people would really realize that mm. but it's a hot market right so um i'm interested to know we talk about like real estate in cleveland mm. what is like if, what's the average price of a of a home for an, an investment property in cleveland that people can look at to say okay this is a, a good deal the average property two family ninety thousand Two family. It's a multifamily. Up, multifamily. $90,000. Up and down. Uh, rehab. Tenant in place. About 90000 average. So, all right. So, with the 90000 and that's without having to do any work on it? That's ready. Ready. Turnkey, ready. ready tenant in place. Under professional property management. 90000 What kind of What kind of rent is that yielding? About thirteen to 1500 a month. Depends on if it's a cash tenant or government tenant like Eaton or Section 8. So when, when you do your, your first deal, right? So I won't go back to that piece. When you're doing okay. your first deal, obviously, are you assessing property? Do you know how to assess properties? Do you know values? Do you know how to say, all right, we're going to renovate this? And we know, like, what was that process like of you learning? When I did my first deal? Yeah. When I did my first deal, my mentor walked me through it mm -hmm. step by step. Okay. So he basically started sending me lists of properties, and then he showed me how he picked the properties and, and the neighborhoods. Then we started to go out and look at properties yeah what, what are some of the key things you're looking at so so it depends on your strategy so just when i first started it was fix and flip mm -hmm. so what we were looking at was the areas the areas in, in cleveland that we could buy properties for and we can sell them around that time inner city properties in cleveland single families three three ones were going for eighty to ninety thousand mm -hmm. dollars so my first property I believe I was all in for around $40,000. So with knowing, like say today, so knowing that the two families, turnkey, rented, rehab, go for $90,000, if anything under that, you're knowing that you got a good deal. It depends on your exit strategy and why you really, really want the property. Mm -hmm. Because you know that the, the top number is 90. And so you just work backwards. Yeah, equity's built in. Correct. We're not paying 90. Right. That's what that's what we sell them. That's what we sell them for. Gotcha. So, all right. So let's get into some real estate convo. You put a post up the other day about earnest money. Mm -hmm. um, what is that? Why is that important? Earnest money. It shows that you're serious. Like you basically use earnest money to tie tie a property up, and it lets the seller know that you're serious and y'all have a binding contract. So that way, they stop marketing the property because you are under contract. So your earnest money shows how serious you are. So for me personally, I know that it's a, a, a lot of people in the market. I think a lot of people are in the way or whatever the case is. So I started to look at how can I stand out or how can we stand out from the crowd? And one of the best ways to stand out from the crowd is putting up a large earnest money deposit. It makes you stand out. So I just look at it from the standpoint, if you buying a property from me, what are the things that's gonna make you stand out to me? So I just reverse that. So when I'm buying properties from a, a regular homeowner or even a bank, I wanna put down a large earnest money deposit so you can stop looking at the other offers and you can you look at mine. So like if the, if the house is 90, like, just to say, you're like, all right, well, I'm gonna put 50 down. I'm gonna put as large as much as possible, so I stand up for the rest. And this is serious. Not that this hypothetical. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, fifty would be like the whole. That's half. Right. I mean, it's more than almost sixty percent of it. See, I wouldn't have a problem doing that. Here, here's the thing. A couple things. One, 
Most people don't put down earnest money because they go through programs where people told them that you need no money, you need no credit, you need no hustle, no knowledge, <laughs> like you don't need anything. So most of the people are trained to get something for nothing. Right. So it's a lot of those people in the market. So that's why when we come to the table, we stand we stand out. So you may have got a, a hundred letters or a hundred people called you about you wanting to sell your property that you inherited or however you got it. But when you speak to us or somebody from our team, we're going to stand out because we talk in earnest money. They're not talking earnest money. They're talking everything except earnest mm -hmm. money. Two, another reason why people don't want to put earnest money down, especially wholesalers, they don't want to put earnest money down because they don't know how to evaluate the property. They don't know how to analyze the deal. So they're not even sure if it's a great deal or not. So they definitely don't want to put their money on the line. Mm -hmm. We know exactly what it is. So that's why we're willing to put our money on the line. So we'll put whatever amount that the that the if the owner said they selling the house for fifty thousand dollars and the owner said we need ten thousand earnest money we need twenty we good with that because we know that it's a good deal we know how to assess it we know the values are you buying most of these properties cash yes okay um so for people that might not have the cash what it what it your your what's your conversation to them is it like work with a group of of investors together or my thing is always whatever you don't have, partner with somebody to have it. Most people are not interested in, in partnering with people. Most people are not interested in cutting up the money. That's why I always talk about relationships, building and maintaining great relationships, money and opportunities are the byproduct. Mm -hmm. So whatever you don't have, you partner with somebody that have it. Like I'm not a tech guy, mm -hmm. but my son is. I'm not gonna do no cold calls, but my son's trained somebody to do cold calls. Like, so I don't overthink. Like, if it's something I don't know, I'm going to find somebody that know it, and then I'm going to split the money up with them. Mm. So, so it's interesting because most people in real estate, they, they always use leverage, debt. Right. They, they want to use as little of their own money or as little money, period, possible and leverage, you know, the bank. Mm. So what make, why don't you do that? Why do you do more cash deals? I think I, I come from a, a place where I'm used to cash. I'm used to doing things with cash. I understand the leverage. I've used the banks, the business lines of credit, the unsecured lines of credit, et cetera. But I like to recycle my own money. You, 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 you understand what I'm saying? So I like to recycle my own money versus it's sitting in, in a bank account, not getting anything. I'd rather it sit in assets and properties. So. I don't know if you remember, we was at dinner in Miami at, at Bar One, I believe it was, yeah, Bar yeah, One. Yeah. And you was asking me my real estate strategy. Now, basically, said my real estate strategy is buy, flip, hold, repeat. It don't sound sexy, and most of our people are looking for sexy and things that sound good and things that they can do fast. Buy, flip, hold, repeat basically means you, you buy properties. You flip, flip can be turnkey flips to out-of-state or out-of-country investors, retail flips to homeowner, or wholesale flips, and hold. So most of the money that we make from the flips, one of those three ways that we flips, we, we save and invest 50 to 75% of that money, and we use it for our buy and holds, mm -hmm. and most of them free and clear. And we also use that money to invest in other businesses outside of real estate, lending as well. So we just, and then we repeat the process, buy, flip, hold, repeat. Mm -hmm. Oh, can you break it down a little bit for, for people? All right, so you, you buy a property. Correct. Then you flip the property. One of those forms of flips. What, what's the forms of flipping again? 
Retail flips, that's selling to homeowners. Okay, selling to another homeowner. Yep, selling to a homeowner. Okay. Most of those take place in the suburbs, like retail flips to homeowners. Two, turnkey flips. Turnkey flips are act properties that's rehab under professional property management with tenants in it. Mm-hmm. And so we sell those to out-of-state or out-of-country investors. And then wholesale flips. You sell it to wholesalers. That's selling no, to- basically, basically we, we pick it up, we get it at a wholesale fee, and then we sell it. Some of them we don't do anything to. That's basically a wholesale flip. Well, we don't do anything to it. We get it at a great number, and we turn around and sell it. And then uh, you use that money to buy another property that you're going to hold for the long that we're time. Gonna, that we're going to hold yeah. free and clear. How long do these deals take? Because obviously, you know, going through the process here in New York for a deal, obviously using the bank, you're not using the bank. How long does a typical deal take to get done? Uh, about 45 days. 45 days. About 45 days. And when you're doing the buy and hold, how long are you holding I don't have a date like we don't have a date mm-hmm. like it depends like say the market shift like so the market shift over the last couple of years so some properties that we were all in for 25 to 30,000 we sold some of those properties for 90,000 and then we take that money and then we just double down okay so you're doing this in Cleveland correct obviously. is there a strategy to how you're acquiring the properties in Cleveland like is there a aspirations like look we're gonna take over this whole block we're gonna take over this whole neighborhood now we got this like is, is there a strategy to it or how are we going about picking properties so we basically do business in Cuyahoga County so the inner city and the suburbs on the way here we were just talking about some different developments that are going on in specific zip codes in Cleveland so now we're eyeing those neighborhoods and so we're 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 strategically about to buy in those specific neighborhoods because the the government and other big companies are coming in, buying up land, and they redoing the streets. And so we clearly see what's going on. So now we're we're specific and strategic about these areas. So that's where we're about to put most of our money in residential and commercial in these areas. So for um, out of town, out of state investors, people that are in Atlanta, New York, Chicago, L.A., where they can't get a property for less than a million dollars and a lot of people get discouraged right because like you don't have enough money to buy a home and it stops people from actually purchasing home or investing but you can invest in other places that you don't live in so you can invest in the cleveland ohio but there's downside too because it's like if you're not familiar with the area how do you know what's good how do you maintain a property if you're not physically there so what's What's your advice for out-of-state investors? Out-of-state investors, a, a couple things. One thing I would do for out-of-state investors, I would find out when the local RIA meeting is, RIA, Real Estate Investors Association. So every city have those. And the RIA meeting basically is where you find title companies, private money lenders, investors, wholesalers, people just getting started, people that have been in the game for 20 years, and they meet monthly and they talk about what's going on in real estate. People are there selling properties. People are there buying properties. That way you you attend a meeting like that and you can get familiar with what's going on in that city. You can get familiar with the zip codes that are, are great for whatever strategy that you're picking for investing. Yeah, mm-hmm. so obviously you, you acquired properties, but you brought people along with you. So at, at, at a certain point, when did you get the mindset set to say, I can't do this by myself? Obviously you had a mentor. Mm-hmm. How did you develop the team? What, at what point was it when I got five properties? All right, I can't handle this. I need a property manager. I'm not good at tech. Let me bring my son. At what point in, in your journey did, did this come about? Earners, what's going on? Look, 
Meta Elevate supports Black and Latinx and Hispanic communities on their journey toward economic success by offering educational resources and support to help expand their skills in digital marketing by offering tools, resources, and support to help them succeed in business. Through a partnership between Meta Elevate and us, that's right, Earn Your Leisure, we are pleased to offer you access to the Elevate Scholarship Opportunity. Meta Elevate is awarding 100,000 scholarships through Meta Blueprint, giving black job seekers and entrepreneurs an opportunity to learn digital marketing and software engineering and then earn a Meta certification at no cost. The Meta certification offers valuable training that can make you more competitive in the job market, and it works. For example, Meta certified marketers are shown to have the highest increase in effective ad spend. So if you're interested in the scholarship, here's what I want you to do. Visit fb.me slash EYL to learn more. That's fb.me slash EYL. I want to say maybe 15, 20, 15, 20 years ago, hmm. probably 20, probably 20 years ago when I lost all of my properties uh, because I, I came into real estate with the same mindset that I had in my my past business and I was just focused on getting paid it was always getting paid by all means necessary I wasn't into relationships right that that's something new mm-hmm. I was focused on getting paid and so what I would do back then they would do a hundred percent financing so I would finish the house real fast wrong like <laughs> half do the half do the repairs mm-hmm. let anybody move in I was the property manager and I would did a horrible job and so when you have, you know, uh, 20, 30 properties where you let anybody move in, you didn't do the rehab right, your pocket was the cash register and the bank account, the market switched. And when the market switched, I lost, I lost all the properties. Uh, when, at, fir- when, at first, I was mad at the real estate. I was mad at tenants. I felt like it was, it was they fought. But when I really took a hard look in the mirror, I knew that I was the culprit. I knew that it was the, the way that I did business. I knew that I was greedy. I wasn't focused on building a bit, building the, the business right. Mm. Uh, and so that's why I lost. So that made me readjust and look at the game different. And from that point, I started focusing on building the right team, not just bench players. A lot of people want to win a championship in real estate with bench players. When I say bench players, you want to get the cheapest people possible because you want to put most of the money in your pocket. Mm -hmm. So I could just kind of reverse that where I want the best players. And so I'm willing to pay whatever they cost so I can have a peace of mind. So when you when you lose it all, obviously you got to have a strong mindset to say I'm not done. (laughs) Right. I I, want to continue this because this is my purpose. Like, are you sitting down writing systems and like, all right, before I come back into the game, let me have this. So you're like, all right. I'm going to still dibble and dabble and try to be back in it. Or it's like a hard reset. What, what, what did you do when you lost it all? Hard reset? So it was, it was, it was like a hard listen. And a hard listen mm. was my, my oldest uh, son and my oldest daughter, their mom. She was trying to talk sense into me the whole time. But, but I was stubborn. I wouldn't listen. I figured, like, I knew it all and you can't tell me anything. Mm. So that's one of the... That's one of the the people that helped me come back, like, you know, somebody that was there from the beginning that believed in me when I didn't believe in myself, you know, be, and so I started to listen, listen to her, Mm -hmm. and she helped me come back. So, um, back to this, this off-market, what are out-of-state investors, Mm -hmm. um, management companies, like, how important is that to have somebody that's actually managing a property for you? 
if you if you don't live there or even if you do live in the city like because a lot of times people like they don't want to collect rent they don't want to have to get calls about you know my toilet's not working at two o'clock in the morning that's one of the downsides about being a landlord right so it's like Mm -hmm. how important is it to have somebody else doing that work for you the management company is the glue that holds everything together without strong management it don't matter where you buy the property at. You could buy the property in a, a, a suburb and you have the wrong management. You're not going to make money. So the management company is the glue that holds everything together. How do you how do you know this is a good management company? I say through referrals. And what I what I found with referrals is when I look back, when I reflect and I look at the referrals that I got from people that don't really take care of their business, the referrals matched. When I reflect and I looked at the people that I got referrals from, from people that took care of their business, the referrals matched. Mm-hmm. So I would say referrals from somebody that 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 you know that take care of their business, somebody that's solid. That's the first place I would start. And then, like, what's the typical like ten percent that they charge? Ten percent is the average that 10, they charge. Ten percent of rent. Yep. Okay. Ten percent of the rent, and they charge first month's rent to find you a tenant. Oh, so they find you a tenant. Yeah, they find you a tenant. So would you suggest that for anybody, any real estate investor to have a management company in place? Absolutely. I, I look at it like if you saying like how most people saying, I know some people just saying it because it sounds cute. When you talk about building legacy or generational wealth, you should start with that in mind. You start with, I'm going to build a Fortune 500 company. Mm-hmm. Not wait until you build it and then go try to get somebody to manage it, like start right from the beginning. So you hire the management team at first, or and then I'm wondering now, are you trying to develop in your own? Is that how it works? Because I, I figure like if you hire long enough, you actually know the skills, you know what it takes to do it. Right. Now it's like rather than hire somebody, I could probably build from within and put somebody in place and teach them the skills. And now I have a management team that can now do my properties, but also can create a business for themselves. Is that a strategy that you've used? No. Okay. No, I still outsource it. Okay. Um, okay, so let's talk about rehabs. Um, can you walk us through a, like maybe even a, a property that you've recently rehabbed? Like, because mm-hmm. people always talk about rehabs a lot, but I don't think a lot of people still have a full understanding of like, you know, the rehab process. Like, what's the rehab process from like start to finish? So you 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 purchase the property from the day you sign the paperwork, you get insurance. And I know people might say that that may be elementary. Well, I learned that lesson the hard way. My first rental property caught on fire. I had no insurance. So as soon as you sign the dotted line, you want you get your insurance. After after that, you get the utilities turned on. After you get the utilities turned on, you get an alarm. I learned that the hard way too. I didn't get alarms for like 10 years. Houses kept getting broken into and then it dawned on me. Listen, you need to stop being cheap and get an alarm. <laughs> you, 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 get, you get the alarm. After that, you put together, you, you, you map out your, your process. So just say six weeks, right? Depending on the, the rehab size. So say six weeks and you, you map it out. So the first week you're going to do the exterior, the exterior work. Uh, depending on the property, the, the work going to range. But, you know, your roof, gutters, windows, siding, any exterior carpentry work. At the same time, you got your crew on the side, outside doing the exterior work. You got your electrical, plumbing, and heating person in in the inside. Like so, that's going on week one. Week two, 
you week two you come in you hanging drywall drywall and carpentry because you got your rough in for your plumbing already in for the rough in rough in for the electrical rough in for the furnace so you come in drywall and carpentry outside they finishing up whatever they didn't finish last week for the exterior after you paint you setting in your fixtures you know your electrical fixtures uh the outlet covers uh light fixtures you set in your set in your your kitchens your kitchens baths after that you doing your flooring whether it's carpet hardwood flooring tile uh most of the time on the end of the project you got your punch list so that's all the little knickknack stuff so that could that can range. Uh, I got a six week schedule, but it depends on the the size of the rehab. But that basically gives you uh, a blueprint that you could use. So typically, um, six weeks is a good time for a regular size house. Yep, fourteen hundred square foot property, three two, six weeks. So is there any t- time when you're looking at a rehab and you're saying no? I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm assuming that you're basing on the deal, saying, all right, these are the comps, this is the neighborhood. But this rehab, it looks like it's going to take too much. Like, is there a, a sign that says, all right, we can't do this one? The only sign for us to say is that we can't do it if the foundation issues. Mm. Other than that, if the numbers make sense, make it it's a go. Yeah, the path is math. Yeah, the path, path is, is math. math. So yeah. a lot of times people say contractors are not very trustworthy. C-O-N. Yes. That's my man MG was saying. Yeah, yeah, contractors. So how do you, what's the steps of, I, I remember Caesar told us before, like never pay a contractor in full, pay them in stages. Cause if you pay them in full, they they gonna, they <laughs> gonna run off with the money. Full time going. What's your strategy on dealing with contractors? Again, I would get referrals from somebody that you admire when it comes to to business, and never give them most of the money up front. You have to stay ahead of them with the money, and I always tell contractors that that have an issue with how how we pay i tell them that the house never comes up missing the house never disappears contractors come up missing and they disappear (laughs) so if you know you're going to do the right thing why you need most of the money up front anyway so typically what i like to do is after the next day you do a full day's worth of work and then the next day i'll give you a third of the money and then once you did a third you know more to work based upon the scope that you put together that's complete now i'm gonna pay you another percentage of the money so you're paying thirds correct throughout the course so if it's a six week correct. every two every weeks two weeks every two weeks you get they get paid. correct do you use the same contractor for everything right now we got a we got a main guy and then his team and then he oversees other people so i just we go through one person Mm-hmm. And how, let him handle the rest. How often are you on the property? Because I'm sure there's a bunch of properties under the portfolio. So how often are you? Are you just there for? All right, this is the deal. We signed the papers. Now the systems are in place. Everybody knows what to do, and you're just checking. Like, how often do you go? So it depends. When I get bored, like I <laughs> like you know, when I get yeah, I get bored. I go, I go to the properties. Yeah. I really don't have to, right. but I get bored. I go to the properties. The same thing with Home Depot. Like I don't have to go to Home Depot, but. I miss it sometime and I want to walk, you know, walk around. That's through some shots. Yeah. So, um, and then most of the, most of what we're doing right now is not fixing flips. Most of what we're doing right now is wholesale flips where we're not doing any work. Mm. Most of the stuff that we use in our team for is things that we are going to hold. Okay. And so right now what's, what's hot right now is the wholesale flips where we buying, you know, for pennies on a dollar and we flipping without doing anything. 
So talk talk about that a little bit. The wholesale flips that you're doing right now. So you repeat that. Talk about that. The wholesale flips. So what specific question? So like, like the whole so wholesaling real estate. But for this, for my understanding, mm-hmm. it's like the middleman, right? Like I have a property. Mm-hmm. The wholesaler never actually owns the property, right? They just negotiate a deal. So if I'm trying to sell this property for mm-hmm. fifty thousand, and the wholesaler can sell it for seventy thousand, then they make a twenty thousand dollar profit, right? Right. But they don't actually ever take control. They never buy the home. They just find somebody else that is looking to buy the property for fifty thousand, and then they they can charge them whatever they want, and then they keep the difference. Is that correct? Correct. They basically assign they assign it to somebody else for a fee. Okay. And you're right. Most wholesale most wholesalers never own the property. Most of the deals we do, we own the properties. Okay. So it's different it's, it's, than the average wholesaler. Yeah, it's different. It's a different conversation when we when we speak into those homeowners because we're actually buying buying the properties, so we don't have to shop it like we don't have to shop it on the low. Like we can we can shop we could put it on the MLS. The MLS is the largest cash buyers list in the world. Most wholesalers they can't put the properties on the MLS because you got to own the property in order to put it on the MLS. But putting it on the MLS MLS it exposes the property to you know millions of eyes. Mm-hmm. And they so, take their percentage, correct. But we get them at like, like those fees don't don't matter. Like you get a great deal, like you you have room in there to pay those fees. So why are you doing more of those these days than buying like anything? Like why is that a, a, attractive to you right now? Well, wholesaling is attractive to us, where we don't have to manage multiple crews. And right now, we got like, three crews that we could depend on. So if we decide to go full-fledged with fix and flips, we're going to have to put together some more teams. Mm-hmm. And right now, what, where real estate is right now, the cycle that we're in is like wholesaling makes both sense. Like where you ain't got to manage no crews. You ain't got to go to Home Depot. It's like the fastest thing since, you know, the stuff that was going on in 84. <laughs> <laughs> So what's what's your what's that's the year that's the year I was born. Um, so what's the what's your thought on the real estate market in general right now? Because like I said, real estate has continuously gone up when right. everything else is continuously going it's going down. Um, but but we are in a recession. Um, interest rates are high, six percent I think is the average something like that. Um, so are you nervous that real estate is going to correct itself? Can we see another 2008? Or maybe not even 2008, but what's your thought? Like, it, it, will it fall, you think? I'm not sure. But to answer your question about being nervous, I'm not nervous. I think that, first of all, it's a strategy for for every zip code on the planet, for every real estate cycle. And I think when they use the word crash, it's to scare the people that's already scared. It's a correction. I think everything has cycles, uh, real estate, stock market, l- life, business has cycles. And I think once we clearly understand that, that everything is cycles, we start to come up with solutions to prepare ourselves to take advantage of the things that happens when you have those cycles. What I see in those cycles is things go on sale when you have those cycles in, in the stock market, just like real estate. And when I look at uh, America, and I reduce uh, just a little bit of research. When you look at the Great Depression, what you'll see is 
is two things. When you look at the scamdemic, what you'll see is two things. When you look at the bank crash, you'll see two things. When you look at the real estate market crash, 0809, you'll see two things. The two things are this. You see a handful of people that's prepared, ready, with resources. They take advantage of the opportunities that present themselves and they get super rich. Some of the best companies on the planet were born in the Great Depression. The second thing you'll see is the masses unprepared, not ready, no resources, running for cover. You can't take advantage of opportunities if you're running for cover. Mm -hmm. And so when you look at all those things I, I just named, those are the two things you'll see. Mm. Now, you, you said it here in America, but you, you were gracious enough to, to be in London with us. We appreciate that. <laughs> that was an amazing time. So shout out to London. Um, international investors. How are you attracting them? Are you, are you using the internet, obviously, to, to attract international investors? What's that process like for you? So I'll say the, the, first, the first international investors we got from, from Canada, we found them on, they found us on social media, mm -hmm. on social media. And we did one deal, and the one deal led to you know, them bringing their family members, their friends, and it just kind of spread. I think that, like I tell anybody, do one deal like it's, it's millions on the table. Like treat that one customer or client like it's millions on the table, and they will go out and tell more people about you. Mm -hmm. And the money will, will find you. Like you, you, you do what's right, you be impeccable with your word, you do great business, the money, the money will find you. And so that's how we, started to attract those clients in, in other uh, countries. How many countries? So obviously you said Canada. How many other countries? Uh, Canada, uh, Australia, Canada, Australia, Israel. Okay. So you had spoke about the, um, another post that I saw, the demo list, and why that's important to, to tap in with a local expert. And you said in Cleveland, you are the local expert. So can you talk about that, like the demo list and different things, some things that could mislead investors? So the so basically what I was saying while I was sharing with that post is a lot of investors reached out to me after they bought properties from people that misled them. And so basically they got quick claim deeds from people. And when you do a quick claim deed, you don't necessarily go through a title company. You don't get title insurance. And so you're not secure. You don't know if the property got liens on it or not. You don't know if the property is on the demo list. You don't know if the property is on the condemned list. But when you go through the title company, you get title insurance, and then they will share with you if the property is condemned or if the property is on, de on the demo list or if the property has back taxes. In Cleveland, once the property is on the demo list, there's nothing you could do to get it off of the demo list. Once they schedule it, that means that they tearing the property down on this specific date and they're gonna send you a bill after they tear the property down. It's demolition list. Correct. So you could be buying a property not knowing that what you just purchased is gonna get torn down. Correct. And they, they, you gotta pay for it? That's Correct. Wow. How, <laughs> damn. And that's happened, that's happened to people? You see that happen to people before? That happened to a lot of people. The people in my DMs talking about it or reaching out to me, scheduling, scheduling one-on-ones with me talking to me and, but it's too late like you should talk to me first yeah. and i would advise you against that anytime somebody is trying to get you to take a quick claim deed it's a red flag 
like it's a red flag like like it's a reason like okay you new to investing and they want to get you to go away from the title company that's a red flag like i i have people come to me that want you know we could just do a quick claim to no we're gonna go through this title company because i don't only want to sell your property i want to educate you as we grow through this process because i know that you don't know and most of the people that you meet out here they won't be like me mm -hmm. yeah i've never even heard of demolition how, how much is the average like demolition bill about twenty thousand. wow so oh, most of the people buying the properties for the the most of the people that reached out to me they're buying the properties anywhere from 20 to 50,000. Yeah. And the property get tore down, they got to pay 20,000. So they might even be putting down 10 to, and then damn. So why would it the property get torn down if it's just like dilapidated <coughs> like it's just correct. A eyesore in the neighborhood? Yeah, so so once it's on the condemned list, like the city uh deems it Condemn un un unrepairable. Right. After so long, the the homeowner don't do what's necessary to get it off the condemned list. It's just basically going to pull all all of the permits and making some kind of uh, effort to do the repairs. It's like a countdown time, and so you don't connect with the city inspectors. You keep ignoring their phone calls, their letters. Yeah. Now it's on a demo list because we've gave you ample amount of time to take care of it. And once it's on a demo list, we turn it down and we're going to send you a bill. So you go from condemn to demo to out of here. Well, is there Correct. opportunity? So when they when they demo these properties, is there opportunity for? Because now it's just a vacant lot. Correct. So does it go to the auction or? Yep. So most of the whenever the, the city do that, uh, most of those properties the land like so now you you it's it's your land like but if you don't step forward in the city oh, take still, it. Oh, you still own the land? You still, oh. Yeah, it's your land. Okay, oh, okay. they just yeah. knocked down the, the, the property itself. Yeah, you just got the land instead of the the, the property. Okay. So the property gone, you got the land. Okay. But it's still probably an opportunity for investors because now you can probably buy the land for cheaper because there's nothing on it. It depends. If somebody got to pay that bill, mm. that $20,000 bill, they're not just letting the bill go. Oh, so the, it's like so a, you it's on the property. Correct. So if you buy the property and it's not, you still got to pay that bill yeah. as part of the property. Correct. And, it, and if you don't, then we they just take the so land. And then at that point, they auction the land. So off. whatever the land is plus the 20. Correct. Got you. Got you. So you're the, obviously the local expert in Cleveland. I'm wondering, do you ever see expansion to the greater Ohio, Akron, like, is that part of the plan expansion columbus ohio columbus, shout ohio. out to my guy maurice Claret. he told me there's a lot of opportunity in columbus ohio mm. jamestown ohio that's where he's from no, maurice he's, sent me a, a dm last week jamestown boys yeah. <laughs> did he yeah okay that's my yeah. guy yeah. is that part of the plan to expand to uh, other parts of ohio i'm open to it it's not something on a drawing board right now yeah. because there's so much opportunity where we are um I think sometimes I watch people go wide too uh, fast when you could go like deep. So we have so much opportunity. So I'm not thinking of going wide. Like I'm in a couple uh, states, but through with partnerships, uh, that's the that's the only way. But my focus is is Cleveland. I'm thinking King of Cleveland. We got Bron, Beyond. If it sounds fitting, very yeah, so. ne neck and neck. Right um, until he returns. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have a property in Cleveland, don't we? Uh, we were working on one. 
We yeah, got a, I think we have a couple one. in Connecticut. And no, we got a few. I got to talk to Matt. I'm yeah. not sure. I think y'all do. Got oh, yeah, we yeah, do. I think, we, I do. We do. That was I think y'all got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got a property yeah, in yeah, yeah. Connecticut. Yep. yep. So, mm-hmm. Cleveland. All right. Yeah, we do have a property in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Shout out to MG. A lot of people, when you hear about Cleveland, you think about LeBron. Mm-hmm. And you think about the Browns. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Do you think about the Rock and Roll Hall yeah, of Fame? Yeah, it's a big attraction. It's a big attraction for y'all. No? Oh. Yeah, it, it is. Oh, okay. It <laughs> is. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. The rock and roll. But you might not. You sure. might not. You might. People might not think of too much outside of that. So, for people that aren't familiar with Cleveland or don't really understand why Cleveland would be a beneficial market, just in general, like, mm-hmm. what are some of the the the, the upsides of, or things that's actually happening in Cleveland? Ways to say, okay, this this is a city that has some potential. I think one of the one of the biggest things is. You got Cleveland Clinic, which is the the biggest, the biggest hospital, the second largest hospital in the world. Yeah, very very large medical. Like, yes, it's the second largest, and so people want to know, like, how is the rental market so great, or how you know, how they're going to be able to pay? Well, Cleveland Clinic is one of the largest uh, providers, like you know, for for employment, like in in Cleveland mm-hmm. and it's like, good employment nurses mm-hmm. doctors those yeah. are very good people to rent properties to yeah. especially nurses it has great great employment and then we, we have one of the the biggest medical colleges in Cleveland which is Case Western Reserve so most of the people that leave Case Western Reserve they go right to Cleveland Clinic mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, that, do they so are you seeing properties, because I know Airbnb is a thing, and I know rental nurses is a thing. Right. Is that something that you see people doing in, in that area? For sure. For sure. In the Cleveland Clinic area, uh, which is uh, zip code 44106. Yeah. A lot of student housing, medical uh, student housing, Airbnbs. Yeah. And then when you think about the price point, like how many other cities can you go to where you could buy two family homes for $90,000 turnkey? Boy, boy, you can't even get a garage in New York for that. No, yeah. you can't. You Be can't. difficult. Yeah, and you got, like you said, you have colleges, you have sports, and you have uh, medical professions. Those are key ingredients that right. you need to have rental spaces. Um, You said the path is math. You talked about ARV. That's after rental, after repair value, right? Correct. So is there a formula that you look at when you say, okay, I'm going to buy this property for 50 and then the ARV has to be a hundred for it to make sense. Like, do you do something like that in your brain, or I don't. What what most of the properties that we focus on is in in the inner city. So in the inner city, I don't focus on. We don't focus on ARV, the after repair value. The only time after repair value come into play if we're gonna do retail flips in the suburbs. Why? Why is that? Because in in the suburbs, we we bind it to sell to we bind it to sell to a homeowner. So it needs to fit specific requirements in order for us to make the investment in the inner city we buying properties to rental we buying properties for, for for rental so we know that we buying this for cash flow mm. like not to fix and flip two we know that we're getting it at such a great number that it, it don't matter what happened if the market go to zero we still in in a great space example a property we just picked up uh, a two-family with vinyl side, newer windows, new roof, tenants in place for fifteen thousand dollars. 
15,000? Like, Fifteen, 15,15,15,15,15,15,15,15,15,15,15,15,15,15,15,15,15,15,15,15,15,15,15,15,15,15,15,15,15,15,15,15,15,15,15,15,15,15,15,15,15,15,15,15,15,15,15
to show me that he was serious. And so he came to work with me for free. He started going to Home Depot, picking up material, overseeing projects. So he did that on a couple of projects and I seen that he was committed, like the project was his. Mm -hmm. And after that, I started to pay him to oversee projects. And then around the same time, uh, some sweet opportunities presented themselves and then he went half with me on a couple of properties and then, and then his brother, I guess, he couldn't resist seeing what was taking place. Like, you know, his brother getting these checks, owning properties, he threw his rap career away. Is it a side? Yeah, and uh, he joined <laughs> and then my oldest daughter, I can remember one day talking to her, she was living in Atlanta at the time and she said, I'm ready to get my first property. I want to go in on a property with me. And I was thinking like, I'm like, you got some money? (laughs) (laughs) And so we did our first property together. We bought a property through one of my bank connections and uh, flipped it without doing anything to it. That was was her entry. And yeah, my youngest daughter, she in the process of uh, buying a property as we speak. Uh, she has a different business. She made her first six figures last year in her business. Congratulations. Congrats. So so everybody's more so, it's not necessarily like a set role. It's just like they're investors with you. They're like partners in different. Correct. And they do, they're, doing, they're doing their own thing on the, on the side as well? Yes. So they're, they're building their own real estate portfolio. Some of it is with mm, you. Okay. Some of it is by themselves. Yep. Okay. Makes sense, yeah. sense, sense. Yeah. As long as he doesn't try to fund his rap career from it. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't be wise (laughs) so do you have a goal as far as to say okay this is the amount of properties that i want to have in 10 years 15 years 20 years or for the family or this is or do you do do you evaluate your business like that or actually i don't okay i don't i don't even think about retiring like 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 i don't think about some end point i don't i know it sounds good like to say yeah this that about I don't. So at what point, I mean, you've had an illustrious career um, in real estate. Obviously, you've been teaching your family, but at what point do you decide to say, all right, I need to teach the general public because there's so many people that need to learn, people being taken advantage of. When do you start to do that? Well, actually, I just I just started doing that. Well, a couple of years ago, as soon as the pandemic started, I, I started thinking about teaching because the way that I was taught, my guy walked me through properties and I was like, I wanna teach the same way. I think that's the best way to learn real estate is an actual property. So I came up with the, the teaching, like inviting people to Cleveland and, and, and teaching them. So I had a vision. Um, it wasn't always thought out. I'm one of those people that run a lot of no huddles, like with no play, like I run, like I run no huddles, like I've made, my best decisions running no huddles yeah. and so i ran the idea to play by uh, by nita cousin nita and to get her to, to get her to partner with me because i wanted to add as much value as possible to the people and so i ran the play by cousin nita like to want her to be a part and so she she started to give me like these ideas and you know just to kind of help from the side i'm like nah i want your undivided attention like we're going to partner and run this play and so that's when we we came up with the cleveland infield training with the pros where we invite people to cleveland for a day 
We go through zip codes. We talk specific strategies for each zip code in Cleveland. We go into real properties that we own mm-hmm. and teach them just like I learned. Teach them how to, you know, analyze, evaluate, and analyze uh, deals. So that's where it started at. And then just here recently, I started a uh, started to mentor people. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a it, it was something that I got a love for helping people, but that's a that's a commitment. And you know, uh, my sister uh, Dana Christian pushed me to do that. But uh, I'm glad I'm doing it. It's therapy for me. Yeah. I mean, I like you because it's it's area specific. It's not like, you know, oh, this is broad range real estate advice for the whole country because it's like what's relevant in New York is not relevant in California or relevant in Alaska or New Mexico. So sometimes, you know, it's hard for people to just say this is the one way to do things because like some areas you can't even real estate hold. You can't wholesale real estate. So it's like if you're teaching wholesale and real estate and I think Chicago, they just outlawed that or something like that. So right. it might not, what you're teaching in Indiana might not even be relevant in Chicago, just, even though they're relatively very close to each other. Like, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. the fact that you are just like drilling down on your area, I think is beneficial. And like I said, you don't necessarily have to live in an area to invest because right. we invest and we don't live in Connecticut. We got properties in Connecticut and we got properties in See? Cleveland. And we was looking at Chicago. So all of the areas that we was actually looking at for real estate, none of them was in New York for a variety True. of different reasons. Yeah. Um, so I think that there's, there's, there's a lot to be said for being an expert in your area. Like, you know what I mean? Instead of trying to be a jack of all trades and cover every single area. Well, let me ask you this before we wrap. Um, what are some of the biggest mistakes that people that you have seen people make in real estate? Cause it's all about, you know, learning from your mistakes, but right. I feel like the best way is to learn from other people's mistakes. So this is like, if somebody can hear some of these, some of these things and they can say, okay, this is something I, I shouldn't do. or I should stay away from. Like, what are some of the mistakes that people make? Or maybe you, you yourself as me. One of, one of the biggest mistakes people make is they say that, you can't buy a property for, you know, you can't buy a building for a hundred thousand in New York or LA. So this person sent me this, this building, I bought it because I can't buy that at home. Right. You need to understand that market before you just say, I can't get it. Yeah. yeah, It's a good deal because in LA, I can't do it. In New York, I can't do it. So, so many people have reached out to me after they bought, a building in Cleveland for a hundred thousand on the street where it ain't no other property on the street except <laughs> that building, or they bought the building and the building is on the condemn list and need five hundred thousand dollars in repairs that you didn't know about. So you need to you need to know that specific market that you plan to invest in. You can't. How are you gonna compare it to New York when you don't understand the market? Two, taking a quick claim deed instead of going through the title company. That's a, I, I know at least 200 people. Mm. I would say about 200 people that have took a quick claim deed and they didn't get what they thought they signed up for. That's crazy. They got properties with back taxes on it that cost more than what they paid for. Properties on the condemned list and some of the properties tore down. That's huge. Like build a relationship with a title company first or if you are in a in a 
I was just about to say, in a state where they don't have title competition, but we're talking about specific to Cleveland, you need a real estate attorney on your team. Most of the people that I've seen lose, if they would have had a real estate attorney on a team to look over the, the documents that they signed, they wouldn't have lost. Like, it's, it's almost impossible to lose with a real estate attorney on your team. Mm. And it doesn't cost that much. Mm-mm. It's cheaper than the property getting tore down or you buying a property with, you know, $20,000 worth of back taxes on it. And then also not properly vetting the people that they want to do business with. They looking at social media and they looking at somebody's lifestyle. And I, always, I tell people, like, somebody's lifestyle can't put food on the table for you and your kids. Mm. You're looking at the wrong thing. You need to be mm-hmm. focused on the business. So talk to about 10 people that have done business with the individual that you plan to do business with. Like, vet them out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very important. Vet them out. What about some mindset? When we was in, when we was in London, you gave a very powerful passionate speech um so then when we talk about the mindset and that could be for real estate that could be for business that could be for life um i know you're, you're real big on that like how how important is it for people to have their their mind right before they even think about starting investing or building an empire mindset is the key mindset is the foundation of everything with the right mindset you could build an empire you could lose an empire and build another one with the with the right mindset. I think that most people that pray for a financial breakthrough, what they need first is a mental breakthrough. Mm. Because with the mental breakthrough, the financial breakthrough will be a byproduct. I think when you really tap in and focus on personal development and mindset, you you tap into getting closer to know who you really are as as a human being. You you start to develop a relationship with yourself so you see no need to go outside of yourself for things that you already have. Like most of us are looking for happiness outside somewhere. Happiness is yours, it's your, your birthright. Like it's inside of you. I can remember, you know, uh, in my late teens, looking for happiness outside of myself, looking for happiness in relationships. And then when people left me, like I'm at my bottom of lords because now I got to go find, feel like I got to find somebody else so I could be whole again. When, okay, you already created whole. I can remember in my early 20s setting a goal. No, I was 18, setting a goal to make six figures because I felt like the money would fill the voids that I was feeling from you know childhood trauma you know abuse bully etc and then i reached the goal and i'm looking around looking for some miracle to take place nothing happened i was more you know stressed than what i was before i got the money and it was like at that point when i came out of that place i realized that everything that i was looking for is is inside of me it's not in the money because okay i got the money and i still feel weak i still feel empty and at that moment, I started to work on myself, started to be comfortable, getting comfortable with myself as a man. Because most of us, we fit the description, but we still boys. <laughs> we just fit the description. And so once you get to that place, or once I got to that place, at that time, at that point, I knew that I made it. So it was like, like the money is just a byproduct. Mm-hmm. Like, so that's why I focus on relationships. That's why I walk away from million dollar situation and people wondering like, like how could you just do that? Like, dude, I'm basically telling you that I'm gonna I'm a cut you in on this and we're gonna make this money, but, it, but I'm like, 
your 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 words and actions don't line up. I don't want to do no business with you because I know that I'm pre-approved by God. It's just a matter of time before I have everything that I want. Pre-approved and it's going to pre-approved by God. Ain't matching your smile. I like yeah. it. So it's it's relationships. Yeah. You know. So mindset is everything. After mindset, it's relationship. Like, how did I get here? Yeah, like, right. like, yeah, yeah. That's right. it. Very important. Yeah, it's is the it? most valuable currency. Relationships take you yeah. places that money can't. Yeah. Quick question before we go: Are there any other things that you invested in outside of real estate? I know we had a couple Zoom calls in, in the, the market. Are you still pursuing that? Is something, or is it just like, are the, you know, are you, are you still trying to find other places to invest? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I put some money in in crypto. Got a little in in stocks. Yeah. Still intrigued by that. Like that. Yeah. That was an intense Zoom call. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, like three yeah, hours. My son, yeah, my son was on there. Yeah. Yeah, he was on there. I was like, yeah. That One was, of us going to get this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. No problem. I appreciate no problem. that. I said, you want to share long enough. Anything I could do, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I appreciate that. No problem. And so, and so me and a couple of my friends just started a, a like a, a private bank, too. Oh, oh yes? Yeah. So uh, soon we're going to share the details so other people can do do the same thing so we put together yep we, we you know, 15 of us got together you know, put some money together you know got everything uh set up uh, so pretty soon uh within the next few weeks we're going to share the details so others can mimic it uh it's something i've been wanting to do for for years but most people just talk and so it's somebody i just we just started doing business probably 36 months ago and like he's not a talker mm-hmm. and he's the same individual that is mentoring me when it comes to commercial real estate so that's where we that's where we headed next powerful is there a lot of chinese uh, investment in cleveland repeat that chinese a lot of chinese investors coming i haven't connected with any chinese okay i, I think the the largest group in cleveland is probably the, the israel the israel the israelis they got some over in israel where they teaching people how to come to cleveland to attract people to get them to sell properties for pennies on the dollar you know waving money in front of them saying you know we i got 10 million so you know give me a good deal on this and you know so they basically got a school over in israel somebody training them to come to cleveland and set up shop it's interesting wow that's crazy more you know yeah all right well what's what's next what's what's on the horizon for you um any any new um ventures that you're working on or any um, events? I know you had an event uh, previously. Any new events that you got coming up? Anything like that? Yeah, so we're doing a, a Cleveland infield training with the pros, September 24th, uh, Cleveland infield training with the pros. Also, the, the, the bank venture, like that's that's huge. I think that's going to be a game changer for, uh, for a lot of people. Um, and and just elevating to the commercial. So that's... that's uh, that's exciting. We bought a, uh, a 13 unit building a few weeks ago, 13 unit, 10 car garage. Oh. And so that space is uh, super interesting. Dope, dope. Congratulations. Thank you. Makes sense. Makes well, sense. It's been a pleasure, my brother. I want to thank you. Tell the people how they can follow you on social media, uh, website, or any information like that. You could hit me on social media beyond when, B E Y O N D. Last name Win W Y N N Beyond Win, all social media platforms. Uh, 
You could check out the menu of things that I offer at beyondwin.com. Beyondwin.com. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Troy, housekeeping items? I feel like Beyond should do this part, man. Yo, shout <laughs> out to everybody that's employing the merch. Shout out to our ambassador of the merch. <laughs> that's what's up. That's all I, I was trying to this get. This morning, I said, look, I'm going to try to wear a color he doesn't have. And luckily, I was fortunate enough to do that. So shout out to him and shout out to everybody that's supporting it. Again, shout out to everybody on EYL University, all our earners out there. Love is love. Shout out to everybody on Patreon. And uh, yeah, let's keep, continue to spread the word. Yes. And if you see us in Cleveland, we will be buying property. We got we to get some. We'll talk off, off camera. Running but, the yeah, we got to run the play. <laughs> <laughs> so if you see us let's in grow. Cleveland, say what's up. Thank you guys for rocking with us. We'll see you next week. Peace. Peace. My graduates from my school being Forbes. Backdrop. Backdrop. <laughs> A mic drop. Bag drop. Bag drop. <laughs>